They are our precious children, aren't they? Thank God for every one of them. We're so blessed. Look at them. We are so blessed. I'm going to pray with you and then plunge into our, our moment of reflection this morning. Oh, God. Shh. Oh, God. We want to hear you. There's so many noises inside of us. The world is noisy, but the noises inside of us. Hush the noises inside right now. Dear Jesus, let your spirit speak and give us ears to hear what you say. We pray in your name. Amen. A friend of mine was walking the sidewalks of one of the largest cities in the world this summer. His heart was down. His head was down. He was feeling discouraged. Oh, God, I mean, can you believe it? This massive city and country. And we're supposed to reach this city with the gospel of the Lord Jesus. It's just, how are you going to pull it off, God? How are you going to pull it off? And his heart was feeling disheartened. It is down when he happened, just at that split second, he happened to lift his head just as a young adult was hurrying by. And as the boy hurried by, he caught the T-shirt the boy was wearing. And on the T-shirt, three words, don't stop believing, the hit song title. Don't stop believing. And my friend told me this summer, the day after this happened, my friend told me, he said, Dwight, it was as if it was as if the God Almighty himself thundered from heaven and said, yo, what are you, what are you disheartened about? Aren't you believing my promises for you? Don't stop believing. And as he told me the story, the tears welled up in my own eyes that God would be so synchronicity-minded that in that split second, he sends an answer. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing the promises I've left with you. For six years almost to the day now, we have been claiming a promise in Scripture, Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. What's this new thing, God? I'll pour water on him who is thirsty. I'll pour floods on the dry ground. I'll pour my spirit on your descendants. I'll pour my blessing on your offspring. I'm going to do a new thing. Don't stop believing because I've never changed my dream to revive, to revive this campus. And from here, send out a generation to wrap up what I need wrapping up right now. Don't stop believing. My promises are still sure. Don't stop believing. I've had some people send a message to me. Yo, you know what we need to do after this series? After this series, we need to have a message on the... We need to have a series on the second coming. We really do. I beg you... Excuse me? I beg your pardon? What was that you said? A series on the second coming? you got to be kidding me. What do you think this series has been? The Lord of the church speaking to the last church, the end game church, sometimes in our faces, but every time loud and clear... He's giving a personal message to a group that is going to live when he comes back. That's about a second coming as it gets. It has second coming in between every line of this letter. It has second coming embedded and stamped on every word of this message. So we go back to it. The last letter ends right now, by the way, right now, one last time. To the last letter in the Bible, the last letter in the Apocalypse. Let's read it together. Revelation chapter 3, the, the final letter of the seven to the churches. This is church number seven that lives at the time when Jesus returns to the human race. 
Revelation chapter 3, read it one last time together. Verse 14, I'm in the NIV. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, these are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I'm about to spit you, the New King James reads, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Verse 17, you say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need a thing. But you do not realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put in your eyes so that you can see. For those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. For here I am, verse 20, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So to the one who is victorious, to the one who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious, as I overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches." Because it's true, Jesus has been sending a message to us loud and clear, but it's taken the Holy Spirit who in our very proximity has been whispering the words of Christ to you and me. Wow. And by the way, did you catch verse 21? We blew right through it. Did you catch it? Let me read it again. Verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my Father on His throne. You know what? That is one phen- that is one phenomenal promise. One day, girl, boy, one day you're going to be sitting with me on my throne. Because thrones, and by the way, by the way, the Greek word thronos—it's the word from which comes the English. Thrones are a huge deal in the apocalypse. Let me run some lines by you. Look how big they are. This is uh, Revelation chapter 22, verse. Verse 3, the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, talking about the new Jerusalem, and His servants, talking about all the redeemed. They will serve God with such gladness and joy. Thrones are a big deal in the book of Revelation. Here's another one, Revelation 13, verse 3, and the dragon, that would be the devil, gave the beast, that would be the sea beast, he gave the sea beast his power and his what? His throne. It's a big deal in the apocalypse. Let me get, put another one on the screen for you. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and they reign with Christ a thousand years. Thrones for everybody. Didn't we read somewhere? What is it? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul says, or don't you remember, don't you know that the Lord's people will judge the world and that we will also judge angels? I'm telling you, thrones is huge in the book of Revelation. So when Jesus promises the... The last church on earth, the members of that church represented by Laodicea, if you will overcome as I overcame, you are going to sit with me on my throne one day. It is a very big deal. Little thrones, big thrones, many thrones. Who cares? You'll be on a throne. And do you know what the truth is about people who sit on thrones? Here's the truth. If you occupy a throne, it's because... You are one of those who is a conqueror.
The only people who occupy thrones on the planet today are those who are rulers. You have to be a conqueror. Whether you're a king or a queen, a prince or a princess, sitting on a throne certifies that you have been accepted by the kingdom and acknowledged because of your personal victory, because of your personal conquest. You are acknowledged the right to sit on that throne. Oh, trust me, there, there are fakes. There are wannabes and usurpers who try to sit on the throne. No dice, no deal. The real deal is you have to be a conqueror to sit on a throne. <laughs> it's, that's why it's such a big deal, by the way, in the apocalypse. Which is why, by the way, again, we spent so much time last week, as uncomfortable as last week may have been for us to hear, Recognizing the profound call of Jesus to Laodicea, you must overcome even as I overcame. And by the way, that's not overcome once. Just at the end of time, good, now you're in. No, 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 no. The Greek is absolutely clear. You must overcome day after day after day if you want to sit in my throne one day. (laughs) So the critical question is, because Jesus said, you must overcome as I overcame. The critical question is, how did Jesus overcome? I mean, when Jesus, as C.S. Lewis described him, the king landing in disguise on this planet, the rightful king, when Jesus landed in disguise on this planet and began what the whole universe was holding its breath over collectively, will he be able to regain the throne and cast that usurper out forever and ever. When Jesus landed on this planet and wrapped himself in our humanity, all bets were off. How does the story end? And on that faithful Friday when they lifted him up and that dark midnight scream of naked terror shatters Golgotha's summit. My God, my God, why have you cut me off? Why have you forsaken me? Ah, then the universe knew the infinitely high price retaking the throne would cost. And when that battered and bloodied head threw itself back and that pent-up cry burst from his lips, it is finished! Though no one could hear them, every bell in the universe began to peal wildly, for it was a death knell. That was the death knell of Satan. You want to read the words that were pronounced over Jesus when he achieved that massive Massive victory. Just turn a few more pages. Come on, a few more pages. Revelation 12. These words were proclaimed when that death cry, it is finished, rent the heavens. Here we go. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice, megalophone in the Greek. Then I heard a megaphone. We're not talking about a whimper here. We're talking about a, a mighty shout of victory. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now at Calvary, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Messiah, the Christ, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters. And by the way, the accuser of you and me who accuses us before God day and night, he has been hurled down. Now it's over. The war has been decided forever and ever. Amen. 
Great controversy on the screen for you. Look at these words. Great controversy on the screen. In the Savior's expiring cry, do you see that? In the Savior's expiring cry, it is finished. The death knell of Satan was rung. The great controversy which had been so long in progress was then decided at Calvary, and the final eradication of evil was made certain that dark Friday. And by the way, it's the same Jesus who turns to us in Laodicea, and he says to us, you too must now overcome sin as I overcame Satan. You must overcome sin for me as I overcame Satan for you. And how are we going to do it? Come on, Jesus. How can we do it? Boom, just like that, the immediately following words in verse 12 give the answer. They proclaim, verse 10, over the cross. Now here comes verse 12 for you and me. And they, the followers of Jesus, triumphed over him, the dreaded dragon. They triumphed over the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Can you believe that? We are to overcome the same enemy he did with the same blood of the same lamb as I overcame, you overcome too. Wow. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't it amazing that those two words in English, who takes away the sin of the world? Look at that. That's how you do it. Jesus said you overcome the same way I did. It's, it's the Lamb of God. That's the overcoming power. It's the blood of the Lamb of God. That's the overcoming agent. You overcome the same way I do, the Lamb of God, who took away and still takes away the sin of the world, who can take away your awful sin right now and my awful sin right now the same way by the blood of the Lamb on the cross. So don't... Listen, 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 listen. Don't you let nobody... Don't you let nobody turn you around. Don't you let anybody teach you that it is impossible for you to take Jesus seriously and overcome sin now, no matter what the sin is, no matter what the habit is, no matter how strong your appetite, no matter how weak my resolve might be. Either Jesus was deceiving Laodicea when he said, I want you to overcome as I overcame. I want you to do it as I did it. Either he is deceiving us or the people teaching that are dead wrong. And apparently they are. Because verse 11 says, and they overcame, past tense. They overcame the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Read it again. Lock it in your mind. Verse 11, and they triumphed over the dragon by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Man, let me put great controversy on the screen again. Get a load of this. Therefore, Satan, uh, we know who he is. We live with him 24-7. You can't believe it. Therefore, Satan is constantly seeking to deceive the followers of Christ with his fatal, his deadly sophistry. That's his deception that it is impossible for us to overcome. Of course he wins with that. Because if I believe him, I quit trying. And when I quit trying, I quit overcoming. And when I quit overcoming, I'll not be sitting on any throne in the universe. 
And that's all Satan cares for. By the way, it says he works on the followers of Christ. He's not working on the hellions of the planet. The wicked, he did, he's got the wicked in his hip pocket. It's no big deal to him. The only people he's concerned about are those he might yet lose, and that's you and that's me. Get her. You understand? Kill him. Get him. That's all he cares about. He's already lost, and he knows he's lost. But he tells us the lie. You can't overcome. You'll never overcome. I know your habit. Trust me. I know your habit. You got it from me. I know your habit. You can't overcome. Fatal sophistry, because then you drop the weapon. The only weapon you have, you drop it, and you're over. Curtains, dead meat. But I'll keep. Oh, I'm glad it doesn't end right there. With his fatal sophistry that it is impossible for us to overcome. But Jesus pleads in our behalf, his wounded hands and his bruised body, and he declares to all who would follow him, My grace is sufficient for you. Second Corinthians twelve, nine. Now here it goes. Let none then regard their defects as incurable. I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but how many here have defects that you know you have? Don't put your hand up because it should be every hand in this room. Let none then regard their defects as incurable. Why? Listen, keep reading. God will give, present tense, faith and grace, His gifts, to overcome your defects. Whoever's been spreading this lie that you can't overcome, that it'll happen right at the end of time, boom, okay, is telling you what apparently he or she doesn't know is wrong. You can. You can. By the blood of the Lamb, overcome the dragon himself. If it's you and the dragon face to face with his hot, smelly breath, you can. He is no dragon. He's the most brilliant fallen mind in the universe, and he knows every button that you have, and he knows when to push and how hard to push. That's okay. He knew Jesus, too. It's okay. Just because he knows you doesn't mean you have to now run scared. Don't be afraid. I have overcome him, and you will overcome even as I have overcome Laodicea. My, 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 my. Don't stop believing. That's the point. Don't stop. I don't care what they say. Don't stop believing. What's the Bible say? You already know. We looked at this last week, but I'm running it by you one more time. Jude 24. Now to him, God, who is able to keep you, you, from falling, me from falling. He's able to keep us from doing what? From falling. He can do it. I have all power and authority under heaven and earth. He can do it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Hadn't looked at this one before. Look at this. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the overcoming triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, my friend, don't stop believing. Satan wants nothing more than to discourage you and pull you out of the fight. Got her. Got him. Boy, that was a hard one. Whew. That was a lot of work. Of course, it's a lot of work because everything inside of you is saying, you don't have to buckle. You don't have to surrender. You don't hoist that white flag. You don't drop the one sword you have. You hang on to that to your hands, frozen to the sword. Don't listen to the lie. You can't do this. You can't do this. You're just a whip. 
loser. No, devil, you are a loser. And you know it 2,000 years ago, and you've been fighting like a loser ever since. I'll overcome the dragon, as the Lord Jesus taught me to, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Oh, by the way, what's your testimony? You know what your testimony is? He showed me how to overcome. That's the one testimony that Satan will kill for, to eliminate. Excuse me, excuse me. I once was bound and blind, but now I see. I found victory, and it came through Jesus. Excuse me, excuse me. Pardon me, sir. I appreciate what you're teaching. I have, by His grace, been given a victory. It's the victory for today. I'll need it tomorrow. I'll need it the next day. But I'm never going back to believing that I can't trust Jesus to overcome. Don't stop believing. I won, so you won. Verse 21. Ah. I won, verse 21, and so to the one who is victorious, who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne as I have overcome and have sat down with my Father on His throne. As I won, so you will win. And by the way, not manana, not manana, right now, right now. You have come to the right place today, right now. You come to me, and I will enable you to overcome, even as I have overcome. I have overcome the world. You will face much trouble in this world, John 16, 33, but cheer up. Be of good cheer. Take heart. I've overcome the world, and I'll do it for you. Oh, so we got one more time. We must read verse 20. The whole, all of this is hinging on verse 20. Look at it. Here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, and you know what the old King James says? I will come in and sup. If you had the old King James right now, that's what it would read. I will sup with you. What's the word? What's what's up with that sup business? (laughs) Nobody says sup. Do you enjoy supping? No, I don't sup either. Doesn't sound right, does it? Sup is from supper. It's from supper. Supper is sup expanded. Jesus says, if you hear my voice, open the door, I will come in, and we'll have supper together. I want to tell you something. We just got a massive, massive crimson clue to overcoming the dragon. We just got it. He says, I'm knocking at the door. If you'll open the door, I will come in, and we will have supper together. Supper. Suppose he's talking about the Lord's Supper. Why not? Isn't that where the blood of the Lamb conquered the enemy on our behalf? I want to have supper with you. Open the door, church. I want to have supper with you. I want to come in, and we'll sup together. (laughs) You know, what we learned from the little girl last week, the next time Satan comes, open the door, let Jesus in. The next time Satan comes knocking, what did the little girl do? She said, I send Satan to the door. Excuse me. I send Jesus to the door. Let's get that straight. I said, gee, when Satan comes to the door, I'm going to repeat it till you get it. When Satan comes to the door, I send Jesus to the door. Yeah. 
the Lord's Supper sends Jesus to the door because he's already inside. And by the way, you can have supper every day of the week. You can sup with Jesus in the morning when you're alone with him in the Word of God. You can sup with Jesus in the evening when you open up your heart to him and with tears you are pouring out your soul to him. You can sup with Jesus every single day, but you have supper with Jesus on high days just to bring that soul food. This is the highest act of Christian worship on the planet, bar none. And most people say, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. I don't go to these high acts. I just as soon do it on my own. Do it on your own. You're going to have supper with yourself. You've been fighting the devil on your own all your life, and look where it's gotten you. You need this supper, and so do I. We need this supper. It breaks my heart when I see somebody say, I don't need it. I don't want it. It breaks my heart. Do you know what you're saying no to? Supper with the winner. It doesn't get any better than that. You overcome as I overcame. Let's have supper together. Let me give you a few tips today. Now listen. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. But I want to make one thing really clear right here. The Bible is not calling us to a state of sinlessness. Listen to me very carefully now. The Bible is not calling us to a state of sinlessness. The Bible is calling us to a life of overcoming. And there is a world of difference between the two. Let me read it to you. Steps to Christ. Oh, my. The frailty of humanity steps to Christ. Put it on the screen, please. We shall often have to bow down and weep at the feet of Jesus because of our shortcomings and mistakes, but we are not to be discouraged. Even if we are overcome by the enemy, we are not cast off. We are not forsaken. We are not rejected by God. Even if we are overcome, ladies and gentlemen, do you understand there are some days when the enemy overcomes me? I lose, and I know I've just lost. Good news for when you have been overcome by the enemy. What does it say? We are not to be discouraged, even if we are overcome by the enemy. We are not cast off. We are not forsaken. We are not rejected of God. Don't stop believing. One last inspired line, then I'll sit down. The best comes last, and here it is on the screen. Wish I had a study guide today. I don't. You see me afterwards, I'll send you some references. On the screen, dear brother, actual quote. On the screen, dear sister, also actual quote. When Satan would fill your mind with despondency, gloom, and doubt, resist his suggestions. Tell him of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. You cannot save yourself from the tempter's power. Ah, oh, that's absolutely true, but... Hallelujah. He trembles and flees when the merits of that precious blood are urged." End quote. What do you say to that? Come on. What do you say to that? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We got to quit wimping around this place. Laodicea is being called to arms. We're running out of time. He's coming soon. Come on. Overcome as I overcame. Don't you keep giving me these pitiful pitiable excuses. Take my power. 
day after day after day, you overcome as I overcame. With my blood, supping with me, you'll be just fine. Hallelujah. And amen. 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 Yeah. The entire universe is on your side. Do you understand that? The entire universe is on your side. Don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Please. Amen. Oh, God, we've tried everything else. We've tried to assuage our consciences. We've tried to comfort our souls. Well, you just can't do it, so don't, wor- don't worry about it. Get over it. But we can't. There's something inside of us that says something's wrong with this picture. How do you win a war and keep losing? Father, we know about being losers. But the good news is, the Lamb of God, we behold Him. He's the one who takes away the baddest sin we have, the strongest habit we have succumbed to. He takes it away. Oh, God, that's why we're coming here to your table. Sup time, supper time, with the one who overcame, even as we must overcome. By the side of Jesus now, let this be joy sublime and peace and rest as we, beside our Savior, share this supper that will leave none of us ever the same again. Amen.